0: Greetings, and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. My name is at Shalom, and I'm delighted to be studying Sefer Divrei HaYamim with you. We are now in Divrei HaYamim Bet Perak Lamed. And here at TanakhStudy.com, we study one chapter of Tanakh in each podcast. In the previous podcast, Perak Haftet, we studied about the uh, first action taken by Chizkiyahu HaMelech, the righteous king, to purify and rededicate the Beit HaMikdash. And it was done after the beginning of Chag HaMatzot. And for Parak Lamed, we move ahead. This is right afterwards. Chizkiah sent a message to all of Israel. The word Igeret is a Bayachani word, uh late Tanakh word, which means a letter, and earlier Tanakh, the word used is Sefer. He sent messages to Ephraim and meaning the Northern Kingdom. Now, it's important to note, that by the time of Chizkiyahu, a good part of the northern kingdom had already been conquered by Assyria, and uh, within uh, a few years, uh, it will all be gone. But there's still a remnant who is uh, present under the rule of Hosea ben Elah, and the entire separation, if you recall, of the northern kingdom was by its blocking um, the, uh, the pilgrimage to Yishalayim, first by offering the options of Dan and Betel, and then by actually putting up a block that Ba'ashah did to keep him from going, and now it, there is an attempt to reverse it. But, uh, as we will see, it's too little and too late. Chisgiahu sends messages to the north, Lavol, levet, Adonai, that everybody should come to the house of Hashem Yishalayim, the newly rededicated house, Pesach, Yisrael, to make the Pesach. The Pesach, has often served uh, as a rededication ceremony. We find that the uh, Pesach that's brought a year after Bnei Israel li Mitzrayim seems to be part of the dedication of the Mishkan. The Pesach is the first korban brought when Bnei Israel enter Israel. The Pesach is the first cor- is the time at which Ezra rededicates the Mikdash or the dedication of the second Mikdash before Ezra is with the Pesach. Uh, and here again, we'll see it happen another time with Yoshiahu. Uh, so the king and his council together take, take, um uh, council, uh, to do the Pesach in the second month. And you might think of this as Pesach Sheni, but it's not Pesach Sheni. You might argue that this is like Pesach Sheni because the Avodazara is considered like Tumat mate and there was Avodazara in the first month. But Pesach Sheni, important to note, is something that does not happen when you have uh, according to halacha, a majority of the nation tmeim. Then you do pesach rishon betumah. Here, the pesach sheni is serving the pesach b'choras sheni is serving a very different purpose. I mentioned in the previous podcast at the end of the two podcasts ago that when Achaz died, that the Chizkiyahu uh, is presented as a king, the famous Tosefta Masach Pesachim, as a king who did six famous things, three of which. Chachamim approved of. One of them was bearing his father in an ignominious way. And three things that the Hachamim did not approve of. And one of those was, Iber Nisan bin Nisan. Uh, that it was on the 30th day of Adar. And Chizkiyahu announced that that was going to be another Adar. So it was already a day that could have been Nisan. And nonetheless, he pushed it off. And this is the event to which they're referring because he was claiming that this is Nisan, but it really was ER. However, there is a whole other piece at play here. We have to remember that the northern kingdom, going back to its roots with Yeravan ben Nevat, Malachim Aleph, Perak Bet, established a separate identity in three significant ways. Location, personnel, and calendar. The location of the Mikdash in Beit el Dan, The personnel, non-Kohanim doing the officiating, and the calendar, he shifted everything by a month and made the big festival in the eighth month uh, parallel to our Sukkot in the seventh month. So uh, a teacher of mine once suggested, I think it sounds very reasonable within the context here, is that what Chizkiyahu was doing was essentially offering a compromise with the north and saying, you come back to our Mikdash, but we'll do it on your calendar. So that the month that you're calling Nisan, which we call Yar, that's when we're going to do the Pesach. In any case, this was the Pesach that they did on the second month. They could not do it in its proper time. The Kohanim were not yet prepared. The people are not come to Yishalayim. Now, back in the previous paragraph, we got different information, which is, Chizkehah only began his project of purifying the Mikdash on the first day of Nisan, and it took 16 days, so there was no way to do it in any case. But now, in retrospect, we can look at the Kohanim as being faulty for their uh, lack of diligence in becoming pure, and they will then uh, respond to that in a properly uh, contrite way. Everybody agreed to this uh, solution to have the Pesach in the second month. They put the word together. To send the word from, essentially, sea to shining sea. Be'er Shev Aviadan is from the south to the north. Um the, uh, the entire border of Israel. Pesach To every should come to Shalim to do the Pesach. Because up until now, for the most part, they had not done it properly. You know, it sounds like they had celebrated Pesach, but not properly, not in the proper place, not in the proper procedure. So the runners who had these letters, they ran throughout Yisrael and they were following the orders of the king. And what they said was, return to Hashem, the God of Avraham in Israel. And by the way, return here also implies, a geographic return, return to Yerushalayim the Ashur Haplitah, that God will then Himself turn back to the remnant. Anish Erat Lachem Mikaf Ashur that remains from the the uh the sweeping hand, as it were, of the kings of Ashur who have been started have started to exile you. And so there's a remnant there, and if you do chuvah, God will have compassion on the remnant and will keep you. Don't be like your ancestors and your brethren, the other members of, of, of the north. who trespassed against God. By name, the and they themselves became desolate as a result. Like you see, this is all the the, the words of the king that they that the messengers are supposed to repeat in every town. Don't be stubborn. Have stiff necks like your ancestors. Reach out to God. Come to the Mikdash that he sanctified forever. We read about it in B'lachim Alef Tet. Worship Hashem your God. And then his anger will subside from you. If you do return to Hashem, then your brothers and your children will all, have, will all receive compassion from their captors. God will have their captors be compassionate to them. And they'll be able to come back home. They've already been taken into captivity in Assyria. Hashem, your God is compassionate and gracious. He will not turn away from you if you return to him. All right that's the message. They went from city to city, all the way up to Zvulun. Zvulun is uh, in the lower Galil, below the Kinneret. Everybody was laughing at them and, and making, scorning them. Some people from even from Asher, further north, and from Menashe, and from Zvulun itself, accepted it. Some individuals. They came to Shalim. Elohim, But in Yehuda, God's hand was to turn them into one heart, meaning they were inspired all of them to come. to do what the king commanded and what the ministers commanded, to in, in, in Hashem's word. So in Yerushalayim, he had a huge gathering come. Now it's not just the Pesach; it's also Hagamatzot. That's why this is not Pesach Sheni. You have to remember Pesach Sheni is not Chag HaMatzot. It's not a seven-day festival in any sense. Um, there's no Easter chametz. This is a full Chag HaMatzot in Cholish Hasheni. Kahal l'rov me a huge gathering. And one of the things they did is they, as they moved, they turned, took all of the altars for the other gods down they all of the vessels for offering incense to other gods. They get rid of. And they threw it into there to be destroyed. We assume. Then they came and they the Pesach again on the fourteenth day of the second month. So we hear now that the Kohenim and Levim were embarrassed, and so they became sanctified, or shall we say, they were embarrassed that they had not yet gotten sanctified until now. And that they were late in coming around via So the Kwanim and Levim evidently brought their own Korban Ola to be brought in the morning of the fourteenth in order to to sanctify themselves and to to atone for their <coughs> for their laziness in not getting purified earlier. And then we come to the afternoon of the 14th. Then they stood in the proper place. As God commanded through Moshe. Meaning, the Levim were slaughtering the Korbanot. And the, the Kohanim were then accepting the dam and putting on the Mizbeach. Why were the Levi'im slaughtering the Korbanot? After all, the Israel owner of the Pesach could slaughter it. Because most of the people in the community in the, in the Kahal had not themselves become purified. Now this becomes a problem because then they're not allowed to eat the Korban Pesach either. So the Levim stood in for the shekita, for all the people who are not Tahor, Most of the people from the north, from Ephraim, Menashe, Asher Zvulun, which are the closer tribes of the north, uh, did not become tahor. Heachlo at the pesach, but lo hakatuv, and they ended up eating the pesach that night against the way the way that the law says. Why? Kidpaleli chizkiau, alehem lemor chizkiau. Prayed for them and said, Adonai Tovi yichaper baad. Hashem, the good Hashem, should forgive them, allow them to, and you know, not hold that against them. And what happened? Kol levavoh hechin l'idrosha eluhim. Adonai eluhe avotav so he turned himself to turned towards God, sought out god, and and accepted that they were going to do it, not not in the properly pure way God listened to and he healed the people, meaning he forgave them for that so they made a seven day festival of Hamat. And every day there were the Levim were celebrating on the Kohanim with strong instruments, that's the cornets. So Chiskeyau spoke to the hearts of the Levim who were learning and paying close attention towards their worship to God. And for all seven days they were offering up offerings, and eating the offerings, and confessing before Hashem. And everybody there decided, we have to do another seven days, which parallels Shlomo's famous dedication on the Mikdash, seven days and another seven days. And in that case it was seven days, and then seven days of Sukkot, Here it's seven days of Matzot, and another seven days. He brought a thousand bulls and 7,000 lambs. This now sounds like Shlomo numbers. And the ministers brought another thousand bulls and 10,000 lambs. And now lots of Kohanim became sanctified were able to come and do the worship. So this other seven days was even more festive everybody rejoiced who are these gerim? this means members of Menashe and Ephraim and these other tribes who were away from their home and the people who lived in Yehuda great rejoicing in there was not such a great celebration since the times of Shlomo Horel Levim got up and blessed the people, and, uh, and their voices heard, and the tefillah came up to God's heavenly abode and was received by God there. Okay, we will, uh, pick it up with further, uh, stories, uh, about, uh, about uh, Chizkiyahu will take us through Parak Laman Aleph and Laman Ben very, some very important stories of the in the meantime we'll pause at the end of this uh, beautiful description of the Korban Pesach Chizkiyahu and pick it up in uh, the next Parak in the meantime we should have a wonderful day